0: I coil upon your feet, like wine for you to drink, Jesus. The entrance of his word giveth light. The eyes of your understanding are about to be enlightened. Get set for the word which will change your world for good. Christ palace, expressing his love, displaying his power. And now, Dr. Mark. Every
1: Adbao and Misam. Now go back to Isaiah verse 7. What is going to happen in our day is that there is going to be a move of God. We must believe it. All the flocks of Kedah shall be gathered together unto thee. Don't forget we are talking about the church. The Gentiles are coming. The Jews are coming also. The rams of Nebuchadnezzar shall minister unto thee. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar. And I will glorify the house of my glory. Verse 8. Who are these? That fly. As a cloud. And as a dove to their windows. Now, he spoke about a group of people. Then he said, these people, who are these? They are a wonder to the world. You are made to be a wonder to your world. Very soon they are going to ask you, who are you? Who are you that everything you touch is moving on? You are advancing. Who are you? Who are you? Say, who are these? They fly. Who are these? Tell yourself to people. Begin to ask you. What do you do? Who are you? What is about you? You have not started living the prophetic word of God in your life. Are you here? Are you here? Believe it with all of your heart and all of your being. They must start asking, who are you? What did you do? Can you show me? David said, I am as a wonder to my world. That's what David said. I am a wonder to my world. You must be a wonder. When people look at you, they must say, wow. They must open their mouth. You are a wonder. Who are these? They fly as a cloud and as the doves to their windows. Verse 9. Now, when you study that portion of scripture, from verse 1 to verse 7, Is repeated from verse 9 to the end of the chapter, but in different forms, and they are just a few. So, he describes a group of people. Then he asks the question, who are these people? Then because he's still wondering, he begins to talk about them again, in reverse. So, in verse 8, the the chapter reflects upon itself. Are you with me? Verse 9. Surely the islands shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish first, to bring the, thy sons from far. Do you know that one of the verses, he talks about the sons coming from afar. To bring their silver and their gold with them, unto the name of the Lord thy God, and to the Holy One of Israel, because he had glorified thee. He said that already. Next verse. And the sons of strangers shall build up your walls, and the kin shall minister unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor have I had mercy on thee. Therefore, thy gates shall be opened continually. And they shall not be shut day nor night. That is favor. That men will bring unto thee the forces of the... Talk to me. The forces of the... He talked about that already. And that their kings may be brought. For the nation and the kingdom that will not serve thee will perish. Yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. Listen to me. The church is coming to power. This is the dream and the plan of God. And it's happening now. It's happening. And who are the people God is going to use? You. You. Just position yourself right. Position yourself. Be ready. Change your mindset. Change it. The greatest thing I want to live with you before you live is the change of your mindset. It will show in the way you talk, the way you dream. Some of you must start thinking about building convention centers starting a multinational corporation, international business line why? to change and shake the world because Jesus is coming back and we must save the world I said the other day that the world is not waiting for God they are not waiting for the manifestation of God they are waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, Christ is not the hope of glory, it is the Christ in you who is the hope of glory If you fail to express Christ, there's no hope for the world. The Christ in you, the Christ on the throne, cannot do anything except he works through you. Believe it. Believe it. If you can look at your family and say, "I'm, I'm changing this family. I'm changing it. Look at your friends. I'm changing them. Look at the city. How can I change Houston? How can I change North America? And begin to do that in the closet. It will manifest but many years they told us that we are ready to escape to heaven Jesus is coming back let's do something quick people are going to hell and we are ready to leave this place can we be so careless with no heart for souls and for God's plan and God's agenda now we, are, we think that God is excited that you are coming to heaven when he has other souls who are going to hell he made them they are, they are burning and you are happy Jesus is coming back wow very soon we see Jesus yes You are happy. But it's a nice form of selfishness. When souls are going and you don't think and care about them. All you think about is my dream. How I get A. How I get B. How I get C. And all the B, C, A you are going to get. They will not outlive you. I want you to alter your mindset. Touch your thought processes. By the word of God. And begin to look at God's agenda. God's dream. The dream of God. The dream of God. That man who enters the dream of God, everything will be sorted out. Whatever you need for that dream will be brought to you. The glory of Lebanon shall come unto thee. The fair tree, the pine trees, the box. He's talking about men. Tree is a man. If you remember from last year, come. Let's go. Uh, The sons. Next verse. The sons also, also of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee. And all they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet, and they shall call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Listen to me now. Do you know that when you are born again, you are a city? Did you see that in the Bible? He said they will call you the city of the living. Liby- if you are not a city, they will not call you a city. Lift up your right hand. Say, I'm a city. Say, I'm a, city. I'm a city. Can you imagine? When you look at this person, Abigail, she's one person, Augustina. One person, and they're saying they're a city. It doesn't make sense to the normal mind. The natural mind can say, ah, how can you say you're a city? But God calls you a city. You are a city. You are a city. Listen, in the realm of the spirit, you are not your body. Don't forget that you are not your body. No. Your body, according to the Bible, is your tent. You live in a house called a body. You are your spirit. Your spirit lives in a big and a vast place. Actually, when you check it well in the spirit, your spirit has made your body. Your body lives in the limitlessness of your spirit. You are big. Your influence can spread. You are a city. And the Bible said, the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. That city is Zion. Don't forget, write Zion down if you are writing. Because we are going to take off very soon. Are you with me? He said, the city of the Lord. The Zion of the Holy One of Israel. The Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Say, I am the city of the Lord. I am the city of the Lord. I want to ask you a question. The Christian is blessed. When you say the city of the Lord, what does it mean? What does it mean? The city of the Lord, what does it mean? And the Bible said, you are the city of the Lord. What you have not known is who you are. Every other thing you believe when you go to school and they call you, you are a student, you respond, I'm a student. When they call you, you are a supervisor, you excited me, supervisor. But God is saying, You are a city, and you have not responded to that. You have not acted according to that. You have not behaved like one who is the dwelling place of God. The Zion, Jesus came on the scene in Matthew 5, verse 14, and said the same thing to us. He said, a city set on a hill cannot be hid. Verse 13, Matthew 5, verse 13. He said, you are the light of the world, you. You, he was talking about you. You are the light of the world, you. You are the salt of the earth, you believe that one. But if your soul lost its favor, where shall it be sorted? It is handful good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of man. Verse 14, ye are the light of the world, you. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be here. This city we are talking about is not in a valley, it's set on a hill. That hill is called Mount Zion. Zion is a mountain. The city you are is on a mountain on a hill. That hill is Zion. <laughs> we are starting to preach now. The city of the Lord, he said, Zion of the Holy One of Israel then he said, a city set on a hill cannot be hid. The city you are is set on a hill, on a mountain called Zion. So I'm a city. I am a city. And I'm set on a hill. Listen to me. The business you are involved in, it cannot be shut down. It will be exposed to the world. Whatever you do will fly to the ends of the world. In the name of Jesus. For you are a city set on a hill. You are a city set on a hill. You cannot be small. You cannot be ordinary. You are set on a hill. Believe it. Believe it. Believe this truth. I'm a city set on a hill. Say, I'm a city set on a hill. Next, go back to Isaiah. Thank you, Jesus the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas thou hast been forsaken and hated, so that no man went through thee, I'll make thee an eternal excellence. A joy of many generations. Now listen to this one. He said, I'll make you an eternal excellency. When you think, think eternity, okay? Some people have lived life, when they died, nobody knew they were dead. And when they entered the other side, nobody knew they came. But some people, when they die, all of heaven convulses and shakes. Because they are an eternal excellency. What do you want to do in this life? Don't live your life to yourself anyhow. When you die, nobody will know you on the other side. But don't forget, this is your life you think is life. I always tell people, you are not alive. The day you die is the day you become very alive. You say, I don't believe. Wait till you die. (laughs) Everyone who had had a near-death experience, you can check it out. When they die, they become very alive. No. Don't believe you are alive. Don't think that you are living life. This is not life. No. So, I add beggar today. Uh, uh, I'm enjoy- This is not life. When you die, you will know that you are now living. Don't forget God made one universe with the physical components and the spiritual. But all that people know is this physical component. And all they think about is this life, this life. No, this is not the life. Earth is a preparation ground for the actual life. You live 70, 100, 200. Is the school you go to? For example, somebody went to college and they went there and they said, This I'm living life, but they, they didn't know that they are going to just spend four years in college and graduate. Then they will enter actual life. They went to college and they said, This is that we are in town, you know, this is the life. We are in, the school is for us, we are in vogue, you see. We are, we what a shock! Can you imagine? All that they did was four years and at the end of the four years they sacked them from the school and say, "Ha! Huh, now I'm living life. Suddenly, they have to pay their own rent, they have to look for who to marry, they have to look for where to stay, they have to start writing applications and they go to interview and say, we are sorry we can't take you. Then suddenly they realize that life was not what they were doing. Now they have to go and do something small. They have come to what is called reality. Hey, when they were in school, they just have to call Daddy. The books they said is $250. And it was $150. Because they needed an extra hundred. They said the the our our school loan is 50000 dollars and it was $15. Because they wanted to buy a new car. And and they had already talking. They were talking to a lady, and they promised the lady that next semester I will surprise you. So so they had to say something to their parents. And 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 listen, God is so faithful. He will not stop it. He will allow it to go on and on. At the end of four years, exit. They cannot call their daddy. Say daddy, the loan, which loan, for which school, for which book. Now they have to now cough up the money themselves. When they meet a lady, they say, I'll try and see if I can get it for you. When they were in school, when do you want it? I'll get it to tomorrow. Why? Because they saw the bank of their father. They, and, and some of their dads were hard, so they would go through the mom. Somebody said, how do I know all this? <laughs> I am just like you. <laughs> Are you with me? So... Listen to me. This life we are living is not the actual life. What God wants you to become is an eternal excellency. Some people excel in school and they don't excel in life. That is not the goal. God wants you to excel not just in school but in life. He doesn't want you to excel on this planet, but in the hereafter. You become an eternal excellency. One of the persons who excel is called Abraham. The Bible said Lazarus died, and do you know where he went to? The bosom of Abraham. He had no grounds, no territory. Abraham was excelling that Abraham had to perch in his bosom. I want to ask you, will you have a bosom or will you be perching in the afterlife? No, no, it's not like I don't want to perch, I don't want No, you decide that not by what you say, it's by your life, your works. Your works. When you live for yourself, you perch. One of my... Of my friends he had a friend pastor who died died at a very young age and he was so sad that he's a prophet he was so sad that he wanted to be sure what happened where is his friend because he knew that the, he was a pastor but there were one or two things so he prayed to God true story and said God show me where my friend is after two days he had a vision in the night and he saw his friend and the friend was in a cubicle and, and he, he I had the privilege to talk to the friend and say Pastor I'm here, I'm I'm happy I'm I'm here But I live in this cubicle This is my life There was peace there, so the guy was in heaven The pastor was in heaven But he lived in a cubicle In heaven And that guy is going to live in that cubicle For eternity Listen to me I want you to make up your mind that you're going to be an eternal excellency. Refuse to leave. One day, the Archbishop Duncan Williams said he had a vision and he saw T.L. Osborne. If you know T.L. Osborne, he started mass evangelism. He went to India, did amazing stuff. He said he had a vision and saw the city of T.L. Osborne in heaven. That man had a city in heaven. He said, the angel said, let me show you the city of T.L. Osborne. Because that man wants souls. He lives a life for God. I want to ask you. Are you looking for a mansion? A cubicle? Or an apartment? Or you live in somebody's chambers in heaven? He said, become an eternal excellency. Listen to me. You have an opportunity to get more than poor day, Because the day you die, your opportunity comes to a close. But as long as you are alive... You can do more than Paul and get more than Paul. You can make Abraham your competition that I'm going to compete with Abraham in heaven. I'm going to get a massive land piece for myself. Are you here with me? When you read the parable of the talents, the Bible said, he gave some five and they got five more. Two, two more. One, and said, I won't get anything. When he came back, he said, be in charge of how many cities? Five cities. The one who had five. The one who had to said, be in charge of two cities. Oh, we are going to be in charge of cities. But the one who will not work and live for God. No city. He said, even the little he has to be taken away. Eternal excellency. The joy of many generations. I'll talk to you about a generation in which we are living in. That generation is called the joy of many generations. There has been many generations... From the time of God's creation. But we are at the tip of the last generation. That generation is called the joy. It is the crowning piece of all the generations. And you are glad to be part of it. This class of people whose light are rising to shine. They are called the joy of many generations. It's called the icing on the cake. It's a generation. But this generation is special. Are you with me? The joy of many generations. Abraham, Elijah, Isaiah, David. They are all looking for this generation. Enoch in the Bible. Enoch in the book of Genesis. He prophesied about this generation which is now happening. Enoch. Enoch was a prophet. He prophesied. Enoch. That man Enoch is an amazing man. Oh, the Bible said Enoch the seventh from Adam and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him away he prophesied about this generation we will be talking about it is called the 42nd generation the joy of many generations and that generation are the people who fly so when somebody asks you who are these that fly he said it is the joy of many generations which generation is that it is the 42nd generation I will explain that to you later in the evening are you here with me? Please. God can alter your life for good. Open up your heart. Make up your mind. That you are going to shake the world. You are going to make impact. Let's, let's, let's go. So that we can start preaching proper. Thou shalt also suck the milk of the Gentiles. And thou shalt suck the breast of kings, And thou shalt know that I the Lord am thy savior. Thy redeemer. The mighty one of Jacob. He said, for brass, I will bring you gold. And for iron, I will bring silver. And for wood, brass. And for stones, iron. I will also make thy officers peace. And thy exactest righteousness. This one is talking about the kingdom. Okay. Do you remember in the book of Daniel? Daniel chapter 3. The book of Nebuchadnezzar had a vision. And in that vision, Daniel came to explain it. And the statue had Daniel 3. Let's read. For the sake of time. Verse 13. Now Daniel is telling Ken Nebuchadnezzar. Thou, O King, saw it and behold a great image. This great image whose brightness was excellent. Stood before thee and the form thereof was terrible. Next verse. This image's head was of fine gold. Say gold. His breast and his arms of silver. His belly and his thighs brass. Did you see gold? Say gold. Gold. Brass. Brass. Silver. Next verse. His legs were iron. Say iron. iron. His feet part of iron and part of clay. Now, this is a vision. And Daniel is going to interpret for us. He said, Thou so heard that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and break them to pieces. This is the dream. And we will tell thee the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O Cain, art a cane of canes, for the God of heaven had given thee a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. Wheresoever the children of men shall dwell. said, so thou art this head of gold. So the image, the gold, was a kingdom. Hello? Talk to me. The gold was a kingdom, the kingdom of Babylon. And he said, you are the head. It means you are the king of this kingdom. So the image, Daniel the, the king saw, Was a collection of kingdoms together. Gold was one type of kingdom. And Nebuchadnezzar was the head of that kingdom. Are you here with me? Next verse. And after thee shall arise another kingdom. Inferior to thee. And another third kingdom of brass. So the first gold was a kingdom. Silver was a kingdom. Then brass too was another kingdom which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron. So, when he says gold, silver, brass, iron, he's talking about kingdoms. Now, go back to Isaiah 60. He said, for brass, I will bring you. Talk to me now. And for iron, I will bring you. And for wood, brass. And for stones, what is he talking about? Kingdoms. He will be changing kingdoms. Now, when you are reading your Bible and you see a colon, he's trying to tell you that what I said here is the same thing I've said down here. So all the kingdoms he talked about in the first part, for brass I will bring gold, and for iron I will bring silver, and for wood brass, he said I will be changing kingdoms. Then he was trying to explain to us what he means up there. He said, I will also make your officers peace and thy exacted righteousness. What does he mean? I'll tell you. Romans 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not in meat and in drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So what he's saying that all the kingdoms which have ever existed, brass, gold, iron, they are not actual kingdom. The actual kingdom is what I'm going to bring to you. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Go back to verse 17. Isaiah 60, verse 17. Are you with me? Are you here with me? God is trying to manifest his kingdom. Say, I'm a kingdom man. Say, I'm a kingdom woman. Say, I express express the kingdom of God. God. I'll also make your officers peace. And thy exactest righteousness for the kingdom of god is not in meat and drink but righteousness peace and joy in the holy Ghost. don't forget in the previous verse he said you shall be the joy of many generations so he talked about joy righteousness and peace which is the kingdom of god so god's plan is to change all this kingdom so that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our god and of his christ and he shall reign forever and ever God has a dream. You are part of God's dream. He wants you to be an an expression of his kingdom. In all power. In all glory. Believe this. Believe this. God has been looking throughout the generations In the past years, centuries He's looking for a group of people And right now, I can hear the prophetic sound Going forth The trumpet is sounding And God is calling for men and women Who enroll and say, yes Lord, I'm ready Yes Lord, yes Lord, I'm ready I'm ready, I want to be part of this prophetic company I want to be part of these people who fly I want to be part I want to be part of this kingdom Men and women Hallelujah Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting or destruction within thy borders. For thou shalt call thy wall salvation, and thy gates praise. One of the things when you go home, do name your walls, okay? Name your gates. Don't just live in your house. Do you know that the walls they can hear? When you call your wall salvation, and the enemy, the enemy shoots an arrow of disease, calamity coming to you. When the arrow gets to the wall, the wall is called salvation. It will save you from that you name your gate praise anytime anyone is bringing good news the devil has organized bad news only praise must come through the door so when you call your gates praise you, you call your car gate praise there is no way calamity can enter learn to name things the bible said, whatsoever Adam called it so it was when you say the words are salvation they become salvation when you say your gates are praise they become that Name every door in your house. Name some of them blessing. Others glory. Name them. Name them. The sun shall be no more thy light. Now he's talking about heaven. He's saying Jesus will be our light. He has entered the kingdom. Now, next verse. Thy sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon redraw itself. For the Lord shall be thy everlasting light, and the days of thy morning shall be ended. Thy people also shall be all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. The branch, is the vine. We are the branches. Next verse. A little one shall become a thousand and a small one a strong nation i the lord will hasten it in this time so all that he said is a prophecy for the end time are you here from verse 1 to verse 22 is a prophecy and god is saying this is the time is going to happen he said i will make it happen in this time this is the time for all that god has said to manifest god runs a calendar I just want maybe five people, four people who decide I'm going to be part of this prophetic company. I'm going to be part of this end time company. I'm going to be part of this great company. Hallelujah. This company, they are those who fly. Good. They are those who fly. Who are these that fly? All that we've said are the company of people who fly. Give me verse
0: 8.
1: Who are these that fly? Ask somebody who are these that fly. Ba 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 ba. Verse 8. Thank you, Jesus. Who are these that fly as a cloud and as the dust to their windows? Now, he answers a lot of questions in that verse. He said, who are these? How can we know the character and the essence of these people? He talks about how they fly and where they fly to. (laughs) He describes their flight, the way they fly. When you study bears, different bears have a way they fly. Then he said, these people we are talking about, they fly. They fly. The question is not. They are flying. They are living in the end time. And to fly means that you are living in the land of, where is my marker? All right. To fly means that. Don't forget. This is the Garden of Eden. Eden means pleasure. God created man and put man in a dimension of pleasure. Then the Bible said, man sinned. And man, talk to me. And man, you are not talking, talking to me. And man, go. So it's called the fall of man. It does not mean that man was on, on a tree. And he was dozing and he came down. Man was not living in a tree. Man was living in pleasure. There is nowhere you find the Garden of Eden. There, there are a lot of theories, but the dimension man was living in was a higher dimension called Paradise. So man fell, but man must live in pleasure. He was ordained for pleasure. That is why Jesus came. So this is Paradise. Everything was peace. The lion was a friend of the of the of the sheep or the goat. They were family members. They were neighborhoods. Everything was excellent. It was called paradise, pleasure. Then there was a fall. All of creation fell because the head man, Adam, fell. But the plan of God is for man to live here. And Jesus was the one who came to make this thing possible for us. Man is in a valley. The only way to live in this dimension is for that man to fly the people who are going to live their paradise life now are those who fly. So that ordinary men will be in this valley. They are living in this valley. Then if you agree and flow with God, you will be living on top here. That's Martin. That's Desmond. That is you. That is you. Then these men in the valley here, they will look up and say, who are these that fly? Who are these? They fly. The original Adam, whatever he said, came. When you begin to enter that dimension and you call for it and it comes, the ordinary man said, how did you do that? Who are these? That fly. You are living the life in paradise. That's why the day Jesus died, he went to paradise. So that the thief on the cross said, remember me, please. He said, tonight you shall be with me in that realm the plan of god was for man to live in paradise the plan of god can never be thwarted but man came down but among the fallen men god is calling a remnant who fly and live in this dimension say i fly fly. say i fly fly. and i live in paradise now listen to me at times because of what we have heard over and over again we have gone through it's difficult for us to believe that Paradise down here. Life is up and down. The troubles. But there's always a way to that place. The first thing you must do is believe it. And decide that if God has said it, he means it. I'm going to live in paradise in my wealth. In my marriage. Whatever concerns me, I choose to live in paradise. In my body. On his head. Who are these? they fly as a cloud and as the dust to their windows?
0: Jesus. Dr. Mark has just deposited into your hands the truth to your glorious and best life ever. Meditate on these things, give yourself wholly to them, and your progress and success will be evident to all. Connect with Dr. Mark at www.thechristpalace.org or email Dr. Mark at cpimhouston1 at gmail.com. And best of all, come hear the man of God live. As you worship with us at Christ Palace International Ministries, 15152 Bel Air Boulevard, Houston, Texas, 77083.